0: Hey yo. Welcome back to Life on Life with Andre. I just wanna let you guys know I'm excited to talk with y'all today. You know why? Cause my birthday Okay, I got that out of the way. Probably come up again, but yeah. I'm about to celebrate well, you know, spend some special time, family and friends and just reflect back. But because of that, like this time for the podcast, I was like, man, I'm gonna do something a little different typically i'm responding to like scripture thoughts or life thoughts too but it's not so much as many life thoughts and you know if you got things that you want me to talk about or things that come up for you please shoot those to me life on life with andre at gmail.com i'll try to make sure the link pops up this time in the video uh but yeah you know and keep spreading that word appreciate those that have been sharing, you know, we, we're growing our, the following base, I don't want to say fan base, because these are, y'all are not fans, we, we do life together, so this is not about fan base, this is about followers that are saying, hey, we, we want to do life, and we appreciate what you're sharing, um, I'm excited, oh boy, I'm excited, so I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try, <laughs> I'm gonna try <laughs> to keep this simple, but it's hard, because well, you'll get it. So, as always, it's going to open up with a quick word of prayer. Um, special shout-outs to family and friends, those that have already been showing love for the birthday. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys each each are getting what you need at this time in the season. Because this is not, like, some people, this is a great season that we flow into, the family holidays. Others, this is just, like, a heightened time of loneliness and sadness and loss. Like, there's so... Like there's a gamut of emotions. So, I want to acknowledge that. I definitely can't say that I'm going to be speaking to that. So, I don't want to give you any kind of false lead. I'm just telling you that I, I, I'm praying for you. Because I have friends and family that are dear to me, that I watch them in their process, and they're still in their process. Alright? So, first off, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you that we can come before your altar lay down any questions, concerns. We can put our ideas there. And you will help us and guide us to the wisdom, Father, to truth, Father. And then we are allowed to put ourselves in a position to accept it and receive it, maybe even change our lives as it, as that information changes us. So I just want to thank you. I ask that you guide this conversation, guide my thought process so that it's clear and concise. And most of all, Father, just want to thank you for being you. There is no ending to the depths of who you are. We will never be able to tap into knowing all of you, but thank you for the parts of you that you have shared. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Alright. There's been a lot of stuff out there like on social media. I ran into my boy Jackson um, and I was laughing because I told him, I said, bro, there was a list about where women should not be taken for a first date. I said, the girl didn't get out her car because she got taken to Cheesecake Factory. I was like, now, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but it just reminded me that, you know, we're pretty petty out here. Um, but also, like, it reminded me that there's something that's kind of missing, a, a guiding line that's kind of missing. And I'm like, how do you, how do we deal with that? Well, in today's conversation, in today's thought, I'm looking at like <laughs> I had a conversation with the, my better half and what they pointed out to me was somebody introduced this thought and the person was saying that men aka males some people even though they're old enough may not be a man they may be a boy but we're, I'm not gonna I'm not coming to attack nobody so I'm gonna say this again men that had not seen had not experienced being in a healthy relationship, but had dated multiple people, have been in and out of relationships, that um, it shouldn't be a surprise when they get into a committed relationship that they say they want to build, that they fail at it. And I kind of expected them to fail at it. And I was like, that actually kind of rubbed me wrong. I can't lie. I just can't lie. That rubbed me so wrong. And I was like, oh. And my wife could see it on my face. And I was like, <laughs> So now I'm not going to sit here and say I disagree, but <clears throat> I kind of disagree. But it's not because I disagree with the premise. It's because I disagree with the limitations. So I want to take that thought. I want to rewind. I want to talk to us about where we are. And I'm like, I can apply this to schools. I can apply this to church. I can apply this to our homes and relationships. Like, we we all know these different details that I'm going to bring up, so I'm not telling you something new. What I'm asking you to do is think about it and think about how we can better impact, better model things that want to happen around us. For example, y'all know how a two-year-old is? especially when they're about to turn three. I got one of them. I um, got four boys. One of them is about to be three in a couple months. They are like a miniature recorder. And when you talk about modeling, they repeat everything. Matter of fact, they kind of repeat the thing that you wouldn't want them to repeat that you might actually have as a part of your regular conversation. And you sit there, you're like, Oops, I don't want them to say that. But you give a big reaction, the kid says it again. You give them, They're going to keep saying it. You give them no reaction, they just keep saying it randomly because they don't know the context. They don't know how to use it. So you have to actually coach your child on what they can say. So, for example, I'm a dude that likes to be smart mouthed. And people be like, thank you. I'll be like, you're not welcome. They say, thank you. I say, you're not welcome. It's a little thing I do with my family and friends. My son heard me, and I, I told him, thank you. He said, you're not welcome. <laughs> I said, what? Hold on. And then he said to somebody else in the house, and I was like, uh-oh. Because he, you know, people, he does stuff. He'll give somebody something, and they will do what they ask. They say thank you. Now this kid's turning it. And he's like, you're not welcome. I'm like, ah. So I had to tell my other children, my oldest, too. I said, you guys can't do what I've been doing we can't say you're not welcome around this kid because he doesn't know when not to say it he doesn't know that it's a joke he is using it because it's presented as normal normal so if it's normal if it's a regular part of conversation you're doing just fine that's my lightweight introduction to this um we have to model what we want to see so that's why i said with that conversation of what the person said I understand what they're trying to express. But I think we limit it when we say something can't happen. Um, Now, I do have some scripture today. I do have a train of thoughts I want to go through. But I want to try to take this and ease into this a little bit. No area that I mentioned is going to be small and lightweight. So let me start with one that is very personal to me. Education. Um, This conversation goes all over the place. I know that you guys will have something to say and I I don't, matter of fact I want your feedback. But what I want is your feedback after you've thought about what I'm saying. (laughs) Or if you can tell me like your ideas of how we can do this. Because right now with Um. education we're telling kids do what you want. Do what you feel. Yeah, that's a hammer. Hit yourself in the head, because you said you want to hit yourself with a hammer. Hit yourself with a hammer. It's okay. Now y'all think I'm joking, but let's think about this. We we're introducing kids to language that they don't know how to use, cuss words. We're introducing them to ideas and to like sex, we're introducing them to their own choice of what sexual orientation they want to be, we are allowing them to pick any reading materials, no no guidance, and that's all the social stuff, but and with their education there is no consequence of lack of growth. There is no additional coaching, like either your general population and you're just moving forward or you're, oh you know what, you need to be in special education. And it's not a knock on special education. It's that I don't believe every kid that's pushed into special education needs special education. Maybe they need better support and modeling. Maybe we can't teach them exactly the same way we've taught everybody. Or better yet, we can be open to the idea that discovery can occur And learning can occur in more ways than the one way we present it. So if the idea is for me to help a student learn fractions, and I'm using a model of a pie or a circle, and a kid gets it better by using rectangles and drawing pictures, I shouldn't lash out or try to make them do it the way I want. Because at the end of the day, the idea is that they understand how to do fractions. But if I'm trying to teach fractions, they're working on exponents, which have nothing to do with what we're doing at that point directly. Yes, I know all math is connected, so don't try to trick me. I have to be allowed to coach them and tell them that's actually off task. That's actually pushed back like that's wrong. Well, no, they're they're trying to go further in the math. No, first let's master this level, this portion, this this topic, that will build a better understanding for what they're trying to experience. I, you know, like I tell y'all, like I got four kids, and like right now, my oldest two are in the introduction to relationship phase. Whoa, I'm not ready. With their children like they really are immature in their understanding and process of what it means to start be in and build a relationship yes they have it modeled in front of them by my wife and me on how we care for one another but even that they're missing a lot of pieces because of course we're not we're not having the hard conversations typically in front of them we're not having the great conversations typically in front of them so they don't see all of the relationship that's why I have to have purposeful conversations but that's a different thing I'm saying that because of where they are and what their limitations are one of them was in a relationship that lasted what maybe three weeks <laughs> maybe two maybe <laughs> two And the misunderstanding with the young lady, which led to her breaking up with my son, I was laughing because the communication never happened. And I can't blame him for the lack of communication because they're both learning. But nobody's, well, I don't know of who's coaching her on how to go about a relationship. Because what I had to tell my son was, if somebody thought something happened, the healthy thing, the mature thing is to ask the person directly what happened because he say, she say, we'll take you everywhere and y'all know I'm telling the truth but imagine now as I'm talking, I'm getting to know different students and I'm like laughing at my son, I'm asking him different questions and you know at first he's real protective about how oh this person said, you know like this is his first girlfriend, well she's not his first boyfriend Just let that sink in. They're freshmen. I'm not saying that people can't be boyfriend and girlfriend before that. What I'm saying is she has a different level of experience in the sense of what she calls a relationship. And now he's trying to figure that out. Like, what does it mean to be in a relationship? So they're already not on the same level. They're already not having the same experience and expectations. And if you're going to try to build something, you got to be willing to allow people to support you to build. I know that sounds heavy for a freshman in high school, but that's what I'm saying to you. we got to think about what our kids are engaging in. Um, My other one, he's even younger, seventh grader. (sighs) To all the Christians out there, followers of Christ, I want to remind y'all one of the worst things you could ever do is tell someone you like them. But I can't be with you because you don't have the same faith as me. And I don't mean like you can't be honest. What I'm saying is you can't start to build with somebody and you've made your faith a secondary, third dairy, fourth dairy. <laughs> you notice, notice what I'm saying? Like it's not the big thing. And then all of a sudden decide while you're with the person, now it's the big thing. That sends confusing messages and it actually reflects on our God pretty bad because you are the church to that person if they don't have a prior relationship with God. Is that a lot of weight to carry? Yes. But I think that's why we know culturally when we go back in the past, like, relationships were not lightweight. People were getting into committed relationships and having arranged marriages at a young ages. And there was no, oh, I just jump out of my relationship. No, this was for a lifetime. But I'm not pressing that either I'm just pointing out here's a child who's trying to figure things out and the other child that he's engaging with they're both now gonna have a process and if I don't continue to drive home with him the idea that he has to think through his actions get to know a person ask questions before he ever says, I want to be in a relationship. If I can't drive that home, he's gonna be in repeat mode. He's gonna do the same thing. But I don't get a chance to model that in front of him. Because when I was courting my wife, me and her, all we did was questions. All we did was try to get to know one another. And then, and then, we went into, hey, i just look for us if we choose to be together. Um, doesn't mean we had all the answers. Definitely, I know she would be getting mad at me because I ain't the perfect husband. She a, be- she a beautiful, almost perfect wife. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, it's one of those ones where you have to think about what's happening. Now, I'm going to come back to the relationship stuff because I know that's kind of a hot topic. But I want to make sure that I'm being honest with you guys. And what I want to mean by honesty is When we put a judgment on a person because in that situation we were hurt or in that situation it didn't benefit or work in our favor, we are actually doing more harm. So, I'm sorry, that's a a sidebar. All I'm saying is we've got to think through what our decisions, what kind of consequences they have. Like, I have definitely spent time repenting, apologizing, and just hurting for those that I may have hurt in how I came out of my divorce and tried to court and tried to be a part of the dating scene and like my approach still had hurt coming from me distrust coming from me and that wasn't right to the other people but who was I supposed to talk to about how do you court post going through a divorce even if I mean well I haven't really practiced this before this isn't something that's normal so I'm grateful for the family and friends I have I'm thankful for the couple books that spoke on divorce in general Um, but I've had to do it in such a way that now there's other brothers I know that when they've gone through a very, very similar situation emotionally, I'm able to actually speak to it and encourage them because I understand. Not because I have hypothetical, but I know. And so that's kind of the lane that I've gone with with some things for myself is that how can I get information out that I know is needed because in today's society, divorce is like drinking water. It happens all the time. And in the church, it's happening just as much. But why is it happening in the church? Is it because people don't know? Or is there something else that we're missing? So I'm going to come back to that because relationships are hot topics. Hot topics. Um... But as for a church, this is where, again, the modeling comes in. Um, we, one of the jobs I had, forgive me, I'm going to drop a little dream. One of the jobs I had, we had a rule. And the rule was when a student came in the building, they had to remove their hat. And this rule is still actually in place today, as far as I know. And with that rule, we had a lot of students that wanted to buck to the rule. And people were like, we need to change the rule. We need to just throw the rule out. It's not fair to the students. But nobody sat there and said, we should educate the students. Like, we should educate them about our history as black folks and why the removal of the hat, why dressing up for a Sunday mattered. Because they may not see the same value that the first person that did it does. But they can see the tradition in it. And maybe there's another way they can show the same kind of honor, the same kind of respect. Because they now understand the heart of what was happening. They understand the heart of showing honor and respect to God who provided the covering. So, that's one of those topics that people go round and round and round about where I'm like, I don't necessarily need to fight the kid, but I can inform the kid, encourage this child to understand. When it comes to voting rights and why it's so important, people talk about the influence but if you talk to our older generations, it's not about the influence. They didn't know what the influence was going to be. It was about the cost. What people paid, shedding blood-wise, for us to have the opportunity to possibly have an influence. Not guaranteeing influence, to possibly have the influence. Yet, we don't see the weight of it. We don't appreciate it. I mean, like, I had my kids, I know some of y'all have done this before, but, like, I had them listen to the Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. And when they did that, the first thing they noticed was the bulk of the message wasn't about his dream. Sure wasn't. Calling the United States into accountability and people into ownership of where things are and making sure they understood, hey, if you don't follow through on what you're telling us you're going to do, we will continue To make sure we are heard and seen to tell you this is not right we are a human being we do have a voice we do matter and that's a crazy thing to think about when again here we are in the year 2023 and because of what occurred around this country and still is occurring but it's not being highlighted as much We forget how much of the black voice is not heard. And I think that's another area of struggle. But again, to influence, to show somebody something, to model it, means that you got to take time to teach, take time to have a relationship. And today with technology, how much of a relationship do I really have to have? You know, if I can do TikTok videos and do a live post and get a couple comments here, comments there, then I've got more than enough to go. Because, hey, i got so many followers, it doesn't matter. Oh, the latest trend is this. But there's no actual relationship. So that's why I'm going back to this whole modeling piece. Now, what I will say is that I think the consensus around our society, I won't say the world, our society, is that maturity does occur over time. And sometimes due to trauma or different circumstances, you may mature faster. If you look in scripture, there's a couple times this is kind of spoken to. And the context of these different circumstances I'm not really focused on. So for all you pastors and preachers, you uh, homiletics people, bear with me. But first corinthians chapter 13 um in the midst of what paul is doing in speaking to the people in corinth he says in verse 11 when i was a child i spoke like a child i reasoned as a child when i became a man i put aside childish things again that's verses 11 12 of chapter 13 of first corinthians Think about what he's saying. Like, there was a time in his life that he knows he was immature. And he did things in an immature way. But there's a time that he says, hey, now I've become more mature. And so I handle things differently. And I don't use the old tools on my today's situations." Some of y'all are still dating like you're 15 years old. You know, the boomerang. Y'all know y'all seen boomerang. And it's like, he was like, oh, she got bad toes. Oh, he he got a jersey on. I won't go to that one. (laughs) But it's like the judgment of someone is so superficial that you don't even allow yourself to get to know somebody to actually build something. And yes, you could have done that while you were a teenager because you might have only seen each other at school. Maybe you could do a phone call. Now today, everybody got cell phones, but I'm saying like even with the cell phones, there's a limitation on communication and what it really looks like, because body language matters. How you look at me matters. It matters. And even though that's not as prevalent today, It still impacts how we can grow in our relationships today. If I understand what it feels like to be hurt, then the hope is that I'm not going to intentionally hurt you. If when I was younger, I would scream because I didn't get what I wanted, I'm now older And what's been modeled for me is sometimes you don't get what you want. And if you go to another level of not getting what you want, maybe it's sometimes you have to work really hard to get what you want. But our society not only takes away those things, but also makes you, it, it says in spite of the work, in spite of whether you deserve it or not, it's almost if like you have to deserve it. Like, you already deserve it. You should just get it. And if you don't get it, you shouldn't feel like you're whole because you got to design your whole world around getting this object. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is there has to be a. <laughs> I hate this these words, the process. There has to be a process, a maturity that occurs so that you can grow in your understanding of how to interact by and react to different situations and circumstances. If you, in our culture, we're to, we do date at younger ages. As a matter of fact, I was part of the grouping that they started bringing back the idea of courting when we were teenagers and trying to do group, big group outings because you wanted to have a safe space to get to know somebody. You know what, they should've just focused on the safe space. And what does it actually mean to get to know somebody? Like, does knowing their favorite candy and the movies they like, is that gonna make me know depth about them? Or is it knowing those things and knowing that they come from a single parent home? And they come from, in a household that does a lot of yelling. Or, and they're in a family that's maybe not the most organized. Um, or they're very organized. Like those kind of things matter because as you build with that person, these two individuals, these two separate people try to become one. And it's hard. It's kind of ridiculously hard when you think about it because unless you're gonna trade brains, you're constantly gonna have to communicate. And if, since our society doesn't know how to communicate without saying, I want it my way, We have set ourselves up for failure. 50% of marriages fail. Yet, it does not have to be that way. But in order for it not to be that way, we have to recognize what we're ready for and what we're not. And I think that's why this whole idea of something being modeled or not, it's hard. Because I don't expect an 11 year old to make a wise decision about whether or not to get drunk I don't believe they deserve access to the alcohol now in our culture that might have been something that they did have access to at a younger age so they figured out how it physically impacted them now that we have that info we gotta use it I'm not talking about the how media tries to influence stuff because people bring up cigarettes or they bring up how now uh, smoking weed's legal versus when it wasn't. Like, I, I, I hear people, I hear you. So yes, we have to think beyond the, the commercial messages, the, the pushes of different ideals. We have to take the time to actually seek out truth. Like, for me, a four-year-old coming up and cussing is not cute to me. Matter of fact, kind of agitating. I have 11-year-olds that are in my classroom that I have to check them because I'm like, your language in our space needs to meet this common denominator of, we don't cuss in here. You definitely don't cuss at me because that's not how we communicate. You show respect to others' views. And it's crazy because you got to think about it. I'm in a room with a lot of people that have hostility towards the Christian perspective. And then they realize they're really cool with me and they get along with me and that we have conversations. We have a great time. And I'm like, yeah, because you have a view of what the Christian perspective is. And I don't have to, I'm not knocking their experience because they may have had different experiences. But a lot of times people haven't had an experience. They've been told something. It's been reiterated through media, but they haven't actually experienced it because they haven't talked to somebody and asked them questions. If you come and talk to me, you may find out that, hey, I care about you a lot, and I want to see success in your future, but that's also why I tell you not to sleep around. <laughs> oh, I'm not, supposed to, I'm not supposed to say that? I'm not supposed to tell people that, hey, you know what? The bonds and the, the trouble that you can create people look at the expectations that God put out there as limiters instead of seeing them as access. And I call them access points, if I'm going to be real, real, real about it. Access points to having something better. When you think of the people around you, because I'm talking to an older audience we have influence with younger people, but like when, when we talk to them, we got to be honest with them. Like, hey, there is something about eating ice cream every day that's going to mess your life up. If you if you don't have anything else in your diet, all you ate is ice cream, you're going to be sick. If you are having premarital sex, then you are setting yourself up for failure because all you can do is compare. And if you're comparing, you're not actually just enjoying. If you're comparing, then you're thinking of something else while you're supposed to be present. This is not what we call, hey, we can do whatever we want. It's called, no, 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 no. What we want is to take the time to tell you from our life experiences things that you don't have to experience now you can still make that choice but we are strongly pushing you don't have to do that and if you make a mistake or if there's a consequence that you weren't prepared for we don't chuck you to the side but we are going to tell you this is a weight you have to carry I have seen some things and I was like I was talking to my boy earlier today and like I said I told, uh-huh. told him, him like, I said I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about my dude Tay, I'm thinking about my Kyle Lynn. I'm like you guys are dudes that and I will throw myself in there with the say to say about be prom, promo myself. I'm saying these are dudes that I know will love on their children. Love on the women that they with. Um It doesn't mean they perfect. But they each could tell you why they shouldn't be that. Like if I go with the norm of the example, they didn't have it. Not in the same way. So what are you supposed to do? Expect it to fail? No. You know, I love my wife. And she'll tell you, hey, I don't know what a marriage, healthy marriage looks like outside of my grandparents. So me and her are walking that out. And that's not a bad or good, it's what the reality is. And I think that if we can acknowledge what the reality is, that's the mature thing. That's the maturity of where we are now. Then, like what Paul was talking about with the whole not reasoning like a child, you can reason like an adult because you're willing to be honest with yourself, be honest with the circumstance, and say, this is where I need to put in work at. Or it may not even be where I need to put in work at. It's like, this is who I am. Now, I might make some small changes, but the person that you're with needs to accept who you are. (laughs) Now, I'm not rubber stamping any kind of domestic violence, any kind of cheating, none of that stuff. I don't want anybody trying to use what I'm saying for a negative. (sighs) But I am going to say, it is very interesting that in our marriage vows, we say, through sickness and health, richer or poorer, till death do us part. we try to cover the gamut of what you could experience and say you're stepping into something that you're going to walk through no matter what the season is and because you're willing to walk through no matter what the season is you will experience a beautiful beautiful end it doesn't mean every day is beautiful it means the journey is beautiful and you look at couples that have been married 20 30, 40 years. People that have been together, like I was looking at one couple, they've been thinking like, we've been together ten years. I was like, and look at y'all. This is beautiful. But it's because they're making choices now that benefit them and also what they've seen and experienced in life. And I know what they little baby girl, they're gonna pour into her. And it's like instead of doing what others say, which is, hey, I'm sitting here and I'm going to not do what my parents did. I feel like when we say that, we set ourselves up for a trap. The trap is, it's not about not doing or exactly doing what your parents did. It's understanding why they did what they did or why they didn't do what you think they should do. And maybe in that space, you can say, here's how I can improve on that. Because... We're equipped with more information now than before. But does that mean that people understand the information? Again, I go back to my children, they're asking me some questions right now that from an adolescent and a teenager, I'm not quite ready for. Not coming out of their mouths, cause they ain't ready for any of that stuff that could occur. But I have to meet them where they are. And so meeting them with their, where they are, I'm also being honest with them about what that means. And I'm trying to make sure I'm not too extreme, but in the same breath, I'm not trying to be so, oh, there's nothing else to talk about. So, I know that I've talked about a little bit of everything, but I'm hoping at the end of the day you guys get this. It is true that things have to be modeled, but there has to be space to allow people to grow when it's modeled and understand that people can reject what is modeled based off of what they feel it should be. It does not mean that we don't keep reintroducing challenges and a different perspective, but it does mean that we accept where they are, and if that's something that you can't handle in your space, maybe you adjust who's allowed in your space. If I don't want somebody to be smoking around me on a constant basis, then I ain't going to be around them when they smoke it, and if they smoke it every time I'm around, then I won't be around them. I love you from a distance. That is, like like I said, that's something where we have to mature. Because when we talk about relationships, if you are trying to build with somebody and I'm talking to you that are saying that you're followers of Christ. Let me make sure I get this real direct. You're going to court somebody and build with somebody who last time they got in church was 2019. Last time they read their Bible was 2018. But they have a respect for God. What does that mean? And no, going about trying to relationship, discipleship, (laughs) save them, doesn't work. Not because you don't have the right intentions, but because their heart has to choose Christ. You can continue to display him. You just have to choose the right boundary. There's a book called Boundaries. (laughs) The right boundary for how to build that. And I think that's why I got bothered. Because... I don't think that the perfect setup, whether you got both parents, no parents, one parent, I don't think that's what determines all your choices. I think that you do have something modeled in front of you. I think that you'll experience some things along your journey, and you have to decide what you're taking in. But I feel for us that are parents, and for those of of us that are mentors, we have to be purposeful on helping kids filter and process that. Because think about this, and this is where I close at. If a guy, I'm now I'm focused on this, fellas, when we experience heartbreak, we different. You want to talk about dudes hurting? Look at how they court now or date now. How they meet people. Probably can go back and they got hurt really bad and they didn't have a place or a person to process that with, how to process those feelings, and so now they've come with a way to not have those feelings. Does that make it right? Nope. But if we know this, if we know this, then we can better approach it ourselves. And so for me with my children, that's why I said my kids experiencing this quick these early breakups. I'm like, how do you feel? What kind of emotions are you having? What thoughts are you having? Well, do you want to reconcile? Like, do re- you want to reconnect with the person? Do you not want to reconnect? Like, and be honest, it's okay. You don't know how you feel. Tell me how you don't know how you feel. But giving space to that, so we allow the different areas of life to actually happen. When somebody experiences loss, like a death in the family, you don't joke to them and be like, "Hey, everything's great now, ain't it? You're going to heaven. They're they're in heaven." That doesn't replace the fact that the person's not here anymore. You got to allow people to process that. I could go other places with that conversation. Just know, grieving is something that should happen so that you don't go into a dark, dark place. And if you don't know how to process something that you experience, hopefully you have a trusted group of mature friends that you can talk to on adults, if you're not an adult, that you can talk to, I still talk to my granddad about stuff. Because I want to be able to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Here's how I feel about it. Here's what I'm thinking I should do. And I need to hear a different perspective. Or hear the same perspective, but so I know I'm not crazy. But, yeah. Thank you all again for you know listening in on Life on Life with Andre. Yeah, I'm about to celebrate my birthday. Special shout out to my boy, you know, David. He did my hair. I call him Cuzzles, a.k.a. Lynn. Good um, lineup. Kind of yeah. Out here celebrating. This weekend's going to be fun. And then also, you know, uh, Tierra, my cousin, she got to her line with Tashay. So check out, her, check out her products. And, you know, I'm just out here trying to support what we got going on. Uh, so much love, much respect. Hit me up at lifeonlifewithandre at gmail.com. Hit me up on here. Like, make a comment on the podcast. And most of all, make sure you share and like this with others. I appreciate y'all for you all support. Looking forward to doing this for another season, another round. Blessings. Because we do life.